This is the West Concord Sermon Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you receive a blessing from today's message. Well, here we are, December 31st, 2023. And you all have already seen this on social media. If you laid it out numerically, it's one, two, three, one, two, three. Sounds kind of like a dance, doesn't it? Movement is required. For those of you who love video games, we are at the Great Reset. This is where you get to hit the reset button. Start fresh. Start new. In reality, it's just another day. New Year's is something that is on the calendar, but like every other day, it is just another day. As a matter of fact, in ancient times, they celebrated New Year's anytime between March and June. January 1st is a relatively new thing in human history. But nonetheless, we will celebrate it, we will regard it, and we will consider it this morning. Because it is a good time for a reset. Every day is a good time for a reset, but let's have a national one. Let's have a world reset. I think it's great. So on this New Year's, I wish you a very happy New Year. But at the end of the day, whether you have a happy New Year or whether I have a happy New Year, is pretty much up to us for the most part as we partner with God. So as we gather here this morning, we're going to look at this New Year and we're going to, we're going to understand that this New Year is, 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 whether it's going to be happy or not, it's your choice at the end of the day. It's my choice. I love what John Maxwell said, the Christian motivational speaker. And I love this statement. He said, like, he said, life rather is a matter of choices. And every choice you make makes you. In reality, what you are today, what you are right now, December 31st, 2023, what you are right now is a culmination of your life's choices. Yes, God is involved, don't get me wrong. And God is sovereign. But God has also created us with a free moral agency. What does that mean? It means God has given you and I the freedom of choice. Whether we're talking about salvation or whether we're talking about life choices, God has given us the ability and the freedom to choose. As far as salvation is concerned, the reason why is because God wants to be chosen. Oh, he could have forced us to know him and to love him. He could have programmed that in us. But how fun is that? That doesn't work. God wanted to give you and I a choice. It's better to be chosen to be loved than somebody force you to love them. It doesn't work that way. So again, we're going to talk this morning about the choices. And again, New Year's, Happy New Year's, Happy, it's up to you. And so if today's the great reset day, the biggest choice that we as believers need to make is, again, what are we going to do with Jesus Christ? What are we going to do with God in the new year? What are we going to do with God in the new year? Your life is a series of choices. And again, you are today what you've chosen to be, good or bad. 
You say, oh, but pastor, what about stuff happens that happens to me that I didn't choose? What about sickness or what about persecution from somebody in my life, a bad boss, a bad spouse, somebody mean and hateful? You still have a choice on how you respond or react to it. It's all, again, a matter of choice. So let's talk about choice this morning. Take your Bibles and join me to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua is a great book, by the way. The whole Bible is, of course. But Joshua is a book of victory. At the beginning, Moses had died. Joshua had taken over leadership of the, of the Jewish people, of the Israelis, of Israelites, whatever you want to call them. And they were finally coming to the land that God had promised them. They were at the border of this new land, this new opportunity, just like you and I are at the border of a new year. They hadn't acquired this land yet. You and I have not lived this new year yet. And we've got a lot of choices to make. We've got a lot of decisions ahead of us, a lot of things going on, just like they did. And so as they moved into the new land, God empowered them. He enabled them to take this land and to subdue it for themselves as God had given it to them. Just like God, again, offers us an opportunity at this horizon to take a year, if he grants us this new year, to take this year and to, and to utilize it, to use it for his glory. But it involves choices. So you can read the entire book of Joshua on your own, and I hope you do. It's not that difficult. But you will see the nation of Israel fighting to claim the land that God had given them. Fighting and moving and going and building. They really worked hard. They struggled. Some died. But at the end of Joshua, they claimed the land that God had given them through much work and much effort. But as you see the underpinning story, God was with them through it all. As a matter of fact, I've got on your bulletin that we're going to look uh, at almost the entire chapter. But we're not. I'm not going to go through all of these verses. We just don't have the time. But in verses 1 through 12 of chapter 24, you see God working with the people. And the people working with God in that partnership. Because as a believer, that's what your life is. It's a partnership with God. He's the senior partner, of course. The book of Proverbs says that, that man makes his plans, but God directs his steps. You and I make our plans, we make our decisions, but it's God who, at the end of the day, in his sovereign will, in his sovereign way, he guides us, he moves us along, he, he gives us things, he takes things away, he puts up obstacles, he clears paths. As a matter of fact, in the first 12 verses of chapter 24, God recounts how he enabled the children of Israel to do the task he had called them to do, to take the land. And we see him saying many times, I gave, I I, I did this. I brought you out. I brought you through. He says also, I destroyed. I lifted up. I sent. I built. As they worked, as they labored, God was there with them, getting them through it. And here's the thing. Whether we know it or not, whether we have, have experienced or not, or whether we acknowledge it or not, this has been our experience. And as we gather here today, just like the people of God in Joshua, we need to remember that God has given us another chance, an opportunity. 2023, nearly gone. 
I don't know what your thing is tonight, what you're going to do. Some of y'all stay up and ring in the new year. I hope somebody wakes me up so I can do that too. Amen. People say, man, loud fireworks. No, that would be loud snoring, okay? Ooh, happy new year. But let's look at it this way. Let's consider ourselves as the people of God in the Old Testament. We're God's people here today. We are at another border. We are in another decision time. We're facing something, at least from our perspective, new. If not a new year, at least a new day. In other words, we've been given yet another chance to enjoy the victory of God. Another chance to enjoy what God has done for us. Because we need to remember, as they did, God has brought us to this place. Look what he says as we pick it up in verse 13. He says to the children of Israel, he says, I have given you a land, now look at this, for which you did not labor. In other words, they came into a land that had already had cities built up, vineyards planted, gardens planted, roads laid out. They nearly merely had to come and obey God and take it. But he said, I, I, I've given you a land that you did not labor. And cities which you did not build. And you dwell in them. You eat of their vineyards and, and the olive groves which you did not plant. Now, yes, they worked hard. They went in. They fought. They, they, they were under the command of God to take the property. And it was difficult. It was arduous. But the reality is all the blessings that they are enjoying are gifts from God. You remember a few weeks ago when we talked about expectations. And we said the, the, the idea that people feel they deserve this or that is really not biblical. The reality is you and I deserve nothing. We deserve nothing. We deserve nothing. We don't deserve good and we don't really deserve bad per se. We see somebody do well financially and say, oh, God's really blessed them. Really? I've seen a lot of unsaved atheists that have a lot. They deserve that. They work hard. Or somebody who's been undergoing struggle and difficulty, sickness, financial loss. Oh, they're horrible people. They deserve that. Really? You know what the Bible says about all of us? We're all sinners. We're all horrible people. And one thing we do deserve, if nothing else, is hell. But if we're gathered here this morning, I, I know what a lot of you have been through. And for some of you, this, this, this year has been a little difficult, maybe greatly difficult. Maybe some of you in here have, have had a great year. But here's the thing, we're here. Either you're sitting in here or maybe you're watching online. Nonetheless, you're here. And whatever tri trivialities, difficulties, triumphs you've been through, you're here. And God has brought us to this place. And in reality, everything that has gone on in our lives has been given by God or allowed by God. So as we come to this place this morning, God has brought us here, regardless of what we had to go through to get here. And, and if we want to go with the New Year metaphor, the New Year perspective, then yes, we are here and we've given, been given another chance. 
The nation of Israel, now they were going to have their own land that they could go into. And they would be a nation unto God, with God as their king. But you know what I read when I read the Old Testament further? <laughs> they blew it. They blew it. Not only once, because you know what comes after the book of Joshua? The book of Judges. You read the book of Judges. Joshua is a book of victory. The book of Judges is a, a defeat, one defeat after another. They blew it because they made poor choices. God had told them all the way back in Deuteronomy. When he first established his covenant with these people, he said, look. He says, if you'll follow me, if you'll walk with me, if you'll be obedient to my commandments, I will bless you, I will establish you, I will secure you. But it says, if you turn away from me, he said, if you ignore my commandments and follow after other gods, I will curse you. You know, we love it when God gives promises and God keeps his promises. When God, and we get excited when God keeps the positive promises. But here's the thing, God also keeps the negative promises. And interestingly enough, it comes down to the choice of the people. So he'd given them a chance. He said, look, I brought you to a great place. What you have is a gift. What you have is a blessing. If you and I, like them, have anything good, if we've had any triumph, if we're here this morning relatively healthy and strong, some of us are struggling. Somebody asked me, Pastor, what did you get for Christmas? I got a viral infection. I found out one size fits all, too. So right now, as I preach, I'm hopped up on cold drugs, so I'm not responsible for anything I say this morning. But the reality is we are here and we are blessed. Whatever you went through, whatever you struggled with, God got you through it. So God has given us another chance. He's brought us to this place. And the reality, he's blessed us in this place. He's blessed us in this place. Some more than others, yeah. Some less than others, yeah. But we need to be considering how God has blessed us. And how God has, yes, given us another chance. And frankly, it's another day. And each day is a new chance. So God has given us another chance. He's brought us to this place. And he's blessed us to, blessed us to this place. So God's people, they're, they're brought to that place and given a chance. God's people here, as we're going to see, are also given a challenge. They're given a challenge. Look as we continue in verse 14. First word in verse 14 is what? Now. Now. See, here's the thing, y'all. 2023 is just about gone. Whatever fun, whatever difficulty you had is gone. Maybe you went through a very hard time this year, and I'm so sorry. Maybe you suffered loss on a grand scale, small scale. It's done. It's gone. Maybe you had some success. Maybe you had some triumphs. That's great. But they're gone. You see, we don't hang on to the past in, in reality. We want to. Oh, people in the church are real bad about that too. We want to hold on to the past. We want to hang on to what happened. But you know what? It's gone. And here's the reality as we come to the new year. We can't be certain that we're going to have a new year. God willing, we will. 
There are over 100 Christians in Nigeria that aren't going to have a new year on this planet. They're celebrating with the Lord in eternity. But they became a victim to a jihad in Nigeria. We never know what's coming the next day. I'm not trying to be morbid or, or, or Donnie Downer. I'm just telling you, we're not promised a future. We're not promised the next hour, much less the next year. In reality, all that we have is now. And it's sort of an eternal perspective because that's what eternity is. It's the forever now. If you really want to understand God's perspective, focus on what's going on now. And this is why this message is so important from God. Because now is New Year's Eve. Now will determine if God gives you and I a new year, what we do with it and how it will be. So the first word of this challenge in verse 14 is now. He says, now therefore, based on the fact that God has blessed us, God has brought us, we have wonderful things, we're here, we're, we're relatively healthy, relatively well-fed, relatively strong, now, based on that, therefore, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. And that's, again, we've said this before. You know that, those of you who have been around a while. It's not a cowardly, craven fear. It's a reverential respect for God. God in all of his magnificence. God with all of his power. God in all of his glory. He's not just the old man upstairs. He's not just the big guy, as we like to call him. He literally is God. Respect him. Be awestruck by him. Be thrilled with what he's been able to do, even on the small scale. Fear the Lord. This is what we're to do now. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. In other words, really be focused and mean it. Most of the time when we say we're serving the Lord, are we? When people call themselves Jesus followers, are they? Do we really mean it? Are we sincere in that? Are we truthful in our life as we walk before God and before our fellow human being? Fear the Lord. And serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river. You know, that's a motif that runs throughout the book of jo uh, Joshua. The other side of the river. The other side of the river is where the unsaved were worshiping their false gods and honoring their idols. Gods that aren't real. Idols that are made of wood and stone. Promising everything, giving nothing. The other side of the river is a picture of our salvation. We, we, we cross the river through Christ, who his death gave us an, an ability to cross. And when we receive Christ as our Savior, we cross that river, and now we're walking with him. We know him. We're saved. And technically and ideally, we're not supposed to turn our thoughts and hearts back to the other side of the river. The other, other side of the river is defeat, disillusion. The right side of the river is the promise, the blessing, the manifold presence of God. And he said, look, don't serve the false gods. Put them away that were on the other side of the river. 
and the gods that were in Egypt because they were delivered out of Egypt. He says, serve the Lord. So here's the challenge. What do we do now? And I'll say this again. You'll hear me say this many times maybe. Today, now is what's going to shape the rest of your life. Right now. Oh, my life will be better when I get. My life will be sweeter when I do. My life will be this. My, when this happens, that comes. No, no. Your life will be what you begin to make of it now. That's the challenge. Oh, we're making New Year's resolutions. How do I know that? Because I'm on social media too. I see all the diet advertisement. I don't know how you're doing with that. How many of y'all, uh, don't raise your hands because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But you decided, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to go on a diet. Maybe you are. I hope you do and I hope you do well. I always struggled with that. I don't know about you. I got psychological one year and I, I made a resolution to eat everything in sight. <laughs> Jenna's looking at me, shaking her head. You didn't hear me say that. I figure if I break every resolution I make, man, I'll be thin. But you know, I've shied away from making resolutions. I just try to resolve to be a better man of God than I was yesterday. But that starts now. So what do we do now? What's to do now? What's the challenge? Well, fear God who brought you to this place. Respect the God, honor the God that blessed you through this new year, or at least carried you through this old year, rather. You're here because of the grace and, and sovereignty of Almighty God. Oh, but I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. You know, I tried that once and I fell over. I am woman, hear me roar. I am a self-made man. That's a load of garbage, both of those statements. The reality is you are what you are today by the glory and grace of God. And everybody is enabled by God. Everybody is empowered by God. Everybody has choices. Some choices are different than others. Some people are affluent. Some people struggle. Some people are strong and strapping and healthy. Other people struggle with health issues. But your personal circumstance notwithstanding, you choose what you make of it now. I'll never forget years ago, Eva Edelman. How many of y'all remember Eva Edelman? A lady in our church, she actually founded the Baptist Sharing House in the back of her car. And I got to know Miss Eva later in her life. She had had numerous heart attacks. She was, she was struggling to even get through her house. Every time I went to see Miss Eva, the last thing she would ask me before I would pray with her, she would say, Pastor, pray for me that God would bring me home today. Can you imagine? But I'll tell you about Miss Eva. She could not leave her house. She depended upon her children to take care of her. She didn't have much money. But that woman was a phenomenal blessing. Some of you who knew her, maybe you received one of her cards that she sent frequently. Now, she wouldn't just write a card and say, thinking of you, love you, praying for you. No, no, this woman would write a novel. She would write on the front and back of each one of these cards. And she would share the scriptures and she would, she would tell you things about you you didn't know. She knew more about my kids than I knew. But every time I received one of those cards, I was humbled and blessed at the same time. Because I knew 
that she was praying for me and my family and this church. It wasn't just an idle platitude. She couldn't do much else. But I'll tell you what, she was one of the most encouraging people in my life that I've ever met. Not only that, but I believe God answered that woman's prayers. And I believe God blessed so many people. Yeah, she couldn't do much. She was infirmed by age and health, poverty. But did that stop her? No, because at one point she said, now I'm giving whatever life I have to Christ. And even today through the sharing house, she still blesses. So fear the God who brought you here and serve the God who blessed you here. The children of Israel, their main purpose for existence was to be the conduit of God's love and grace to the world. God just didn't pluck Abraham up just so he can make a big nation out of him. No, no. God had a purpose and a reason. In Genesis chapter 12, he said, Through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. And we're still being blessed through Abraham's descendants. How is that? You're holding a Bible. It, the Bible is authored by mostly Jewish authors under God's inspiration. Not only that, but Jesus himself was a Jew. Born in the city of Bethlehem. He's the son of David. This, he, he, he was a Jew. He came through the Hebrew people. So God used and brought them there for a purpose. God has brought you here today for a purpose. What are you going to do now? You're going to still piddle around with all the stuff in your life that really brought no, no truth and prosperity, or not prosperity, but purpose? Are you, going to, are you going to still dance with the cultural gods around you, the idols that the world has set up? We talked about this this morning in our Sunday school class. Are you seeking to build the kingdom of God in your life right now? See, that's one of the things we think. The disciple, the Jesus, when he was ready to ascend into heaven, they asked him, are, are you going to establish your kingdom now? We talked about it in Sunday school. Are, you, are we there yet? He said, no. He said, but I've got other work for you. Our job is not to, to build our own little kingdoms. Our job is to go on a quest, a mission to bring people to Christ. That's what he's left us here for. That's why the church exists. Israel exists because they were the conduit of God's grace. The church exists because we are the conduit of God's grace to take the message out. So are you going to take the new year if God in fact gives it to you and spend it on yourself? Or are you going to take this new year and do eternal and significant things for the glory of God? Oh, I don't know, Pastor. I got to pray about it. Really? Well, pastor, if I can get all my bills paid. Well, pastor, if this... Now is the time. Now is the place. You will decide now what you will do with this new year. And you and I have been challenged by the word of God, by the people of God. Put away those old idols. Put away those things that mean nothing. And serve the God who brought us here, fear the God who brought us here, and serve the God who blessed us. So they were given a chance. Here's a new land. Here's a new opportunity. What are you going to do with it? 
I did all the work for you. Here, I'm giving this to you. Same thing with salvation. You and I don't work for our salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. Salvation is given as a gift. We just commemorated Christ's death on the cross by our our communion observance. When you got saved, there's nothing you did or could do to earn it. Jesus' death, his broken body, his shed blood, his burial, his resurrection secured salvation for you and I. Now we have a chance. What are we going to do with it? And we've been challenged. Now is the time to fear the God who brought us here. Now is the time to serve him. So that means you have a choice. God's people are given a choice. Look at, the, look at, look at what he continues to say. Verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Notice that word choose. Because people say, oh, I don't know if I'm called. I don't know if I want. No, it's your choice. Choose. It's your choice right now. Choose right now. Who you will serve, the God who brought you here or the false gods who let you down? That's what he says. Look what he says. He said, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were, here it is again, on the other side of the river. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. So that's a choice. Serve the tired gods of the surrounding culture. And we have them. Oh, we don't have Molech idols and we don't have, we don't have uh, 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 Beelzebub idols. No, no. But we have idols of money. We have idols of fame, idols of fortune. We have idols of self. Human sexuality has become an idol in this nation. Even the church can be an idol at times. And that's your choice. Are you going to serve the tired gods of the surrounding culture or are you going to serve the true God of the universe? That's the basic choice. It's not hard. It's not difficult. You know, I love the fact that for the most part, God makes things easy to understand. Yes, there are difficult parts in the Bible, but you interpret those by the easier parts. And the choice is this, especially as you're God's people, believers, You have a chance, you have a new year, you have a new day. Even after you walk out of here, you got a new hour. What are you going to do? God brought you here. God blessed you here. Now is the time. Now. Make the decision now. And it involves a simple choice. Are you going to continue to serve the gods of this world that offer nothing and are bankrupt? Or will you surrender once and for all to the God of the universe? I love this last part of the last verse in verse 15. Joshua, who had been through it with him. Joshua, who by this time was elderly and and ready to, to go to be with the Lord. He says, look, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Is that your choice today? You know, interestingly enough, we don't have time to cover it, but if you read the rest of the chapter, the nation of Israel, after he, he, he shared this, they all said, oh, yes, we'll serve the Lord. We choose the Lord. And you would think that would make Joshua happy. But you read it, Joshua says, wait a minute. If you're going to make that statement, God is going to expect you to do it. 
Don't you, don't you make that promise. Don't you make that statement. Don't you shout that thing unless you're willing to do it. He says, because some of you can't. Some of you won't. And he says, your words are a witness against you. Now, who will join Joshua? And, and, and let, me, let me say this too about this. Yes, it is the new year and it's sort of a reset time. But every day is a reset. Every hour is a reset. Sometimes every minute is a reset. Because choices keep coming, man. It's not just one and done. It's one and the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Choose you now what you will do. You're going to be faced with that this afternoon. You're going to be faced with that Tomorrow, when you go back to work Tuesday, if you have tomorrow off, back to school, when you go back to school, you're going to be faithful. Who choose you this day whom you will serve? It's the choice that we must make now. And God had already clarified this with them at the beginning. Again, back in Deuteronomy, in chapter 11, before they ever even got to the Holy Land, again, let's go, let's review. He said, look, in Deuteronomy eleven twenty six through 28, he says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. Boom. Obey the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Honor the Lord. Boom. Blessing. Now, that's not the health and wealth gospel that says, If you just believe and obey God, then he will make you rich and fat. No. That's the bogus nonsense of self-seeking evangelists on TV. Do they still go on there? I don't know. You know, I tell you, I went through 2020 through COVID and cancer. You know, look back on that, man, that was rough. But you know, I look back on that and I was blessed in many different ways. I was blessed by a church family who loved me. In spite of their own struggle and suffering, you loved me and helped me get through it. What a blessing. I was blessed with great doctors and technicians who helped me get through the thing. I was blessed because God provided, God helped, God, at times when I was broken, God lifted me. So yeah, I was blessed. So let's remember what blessings actually are. But here's the thing. God said, look, this is the choice. It's not hard. He said, follow the commandments, I will bless you. Don't follow the commandments, there's the curse. He goes on to say, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord, your God, but turn aside from the way in which I command you today to gather, uh, to go after rather other gods which you uh, have not known. In other words, they were moving into a new land with a new culture and new gods. Don't do it. Over and over, he told them, I will bless you if you walk with me, but if you turn from me, I will curse you you will struggle it's the ongoing choice so at the end of the day again we're faced with a new year and again from my family i wish you a happy new year as your pastor i want nothing more for you than you have a happy new year i hope you do i pray for you very often more than you realize individually and as a group but a happy new year, what is, what is that? Getting all the stuff you want, being everything you want to be? I pray that God would make the kind of person out of you and I that he wants us to be.
and whether we experience struggle or success, I pray that we'd hang on to God, glorify Him, and serve Him and honor Him. And God will do His will, and we'll be blessed. Standing together as we close. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. First of all, I hope you know Christ as your Savior. I hope you've trusted Him as your Savior. Again, that's another choice that God has given you. God wants you to choose Him. He loves you desperately. He loves you dearly so much that he sent his son, the son we just remembered in the communion, the son who gave his life, allowed his body to be broken, his blood to be shed. He did that for you. As he died on the cross, he was thinking of you and me. As he died there, he, he died so that he might take the sin debt and pay it that we owed. We could never pay it. And he died and was buried. And the Bible says three days later, he, he became alive again as we tell the children. He rose again from the dead. And as we gather in, in this place this morning, in his name, he's in our midst. And he wants to save you and give you everlasting life. He wants to come into your life and he wants to walk with you. And you, he wants you to walk with him. He wants to give you a purpose for living and a reason for being here. He wants to bless you in this new year. Do you know him? Have you trusted him? If you've never trusted Christ, there's nothing you can do to earn it. It's a gift. God has given us salvation through Christ. We simply receive it by faith, trusting and relying upon him. Would you trust him this morning? Now, if you are here and have received Christ, you are a brother and sister in Christ. You know him. Now is the time. Now. Your new year, whether it's happy or not, will be determined largely by the choice you make and I make now, now. Just like the children of Israel, we have been given a chance. Every day is a chance. Every minute's a chance. But as we look at it culturally, it's a new year. Okay, restart. Let's have a chance. We have a chance to do great and mighty things for eternity. We have a chance to walk with the God who blessed us here and brought us here. We have a chance to enjoy our relationship with him and fellowship with him. We have that chance. But the challenge is, what are we going to do now? Not when this happens, not after this happens, but what about now? You will make a choice now. By the way, you will make a choice whether you think you are or not. Why not be proactive and choose Christ? Those of you who don't know him, choose him as Savior. Those of you who do know him, choose him as Lord. Choose to surrender your life. Yeah, that's going to radically involve change. It's going to radically involve different things. That's okay. It's your year. You make of it whatever God gives it. If God gives you a year, you're going to make of it whatever it's going to be. What are you going to do now? Because it's a choice. It's your choice. Choose today whom you're going to serve. The, the failing gods across the river, on the back of the other side of the river, the culture that is, that is they, they're empty, they're, they're, they're sad. Gods of the culture, material gods, sexual gods, whatever God's going on. Political, sometimes pol politicians and politics can be an idol. Oh, if that man gets in office, if that woman gets elected. No. God is already on the throne of the universe. You got to make a choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods on the other side of the river or in Egypt, or the God of the universe who brought you here. I wondered this morning, will you, who will say, as for me and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege of worshiping here today. Thank you for these wonderful people who've come in person and online who are watching. Father, I pray as I, as I, as I usually do that they would look beyond the inadequacies and, and, and imperfections of this all-too-human preacher. And that, Father, they would be encouraged or challenged to make a choice now. Those in person are making it now. Those who are watching, I pray that whenever they're watching it, listening to it on the podcast, they would make the choice now. Because now's choice will affect then's outcome. Father, bless us and help us to have a Christ-filled new year. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For additional sermon resources and to find out who we are, visit us online at westconcordchurch.com. Thanks for listening.